0: Girlfriends, episode number 355, The Secret Power of Showing Up. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about the secret power of showing up. What am I talking about now? Can't wait to share these thoughts with you. Let's get going. Hey girlfriend, glad you're here. Thanks so much for showing up for this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm always thrilled to connect with you here. Feels like it's been a long time because I did pre-record stuff before the holidays and we have been through some stuff since I last sat down to record. So my father-in-law suffered a stroke at the beginning of December and we had him move in here with us for a little while and then he was in and out of the hospital. It was like like these, this past month has been incredibly, incredibly stressful. And then I got COVID on top of it. And I had to wait a little while now I'm kind of a little bit behind in recording podcasts, which I never like to be I like to be ahead of the game. Um, But I'm falling a little bit behind because I just didn't have a voice. I just couldn't come and talk to you all because I just had no voice. Nobody wanted to hear that. So I'm feeling better. And uh, my father in law has moved into an assisted living facility nearby. And we're not sure this is exactly the right thing for him. We're still we're still figuring a lot of stuff out, and kind of step by step, day by day. And I've learned so much through this experience, and um, I, I'm sure I'm still processing most of it. But we'll be sharing in in future episodes, some of the different life life lessons that I've kind of taken away from this, but actually related to this week's topic a little bit. But before we dive into this week's topic of the secret power of showing up first, I just want to thank those of you who gave me feedback on the episode 23 things for 2023. It was a lot of fun to record that and share kind of my ideas, my goals for the year. And I have loved hearing from those of you who are doing your own lists. It's been really fun to hear what people's different goals are and the ways that you've been kind of encouraged by what I shared to kind of explore some different goals that you might have in in different areas of your life. One thing I heard from a lot of people about was, what the heck was the title of that book you talked about? <laughs> Okay, so the book that I mentioned when I was talking about wanting to read more fiction in 2023, the epically long trilogy that I was almost done with when I recorded that, but I'm still almost done with, I have a little bit less than four hours left on Audible. The title is Kristen Laverin's daughter, So it's Norwegian. Okay. I don't know. These are their names. Kristen Laverin's daughter is the the title of the book, but it's the the main character of the book. And it's really the story of her life. It's written by Sigrid Insett. And I do 100% heartily recommend reading this book. If you can spare the time in your life for it. It's been a really great experience for me, taking me a long time. Like I said, I'm listening on audible and I think it was over 47 hours. I, I remember I was like texting with some of my sisters and before getting onto a long flight coming back from where the heck was I? Wyoming. Yeah. So coming across the country really. And I was like, I need something to listen to on this flight. And I'm just texting back and forth with them. And one of my sisters was really recommending Kristen Laverin's daughter. And, I look it up on Audible and I was like, well, (laughs) this is going to be a lot more than a commitment just for a flight, (laughs) even a long flight. But I have been so edified by reading that book. And it's just so real. It's amazing. So it takes place in a 14th century Norway. And I mean, there's just so much to it. But really what I find really encouraging and inspiring and just kind of pushes me to reflect on, on my life and on relationships in a way that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise kind of be reflective and think about these things think them through and and kind of it gives me a different perspective on things just the the story of this woman's life and kind of her her struggles and her trials and you know it's it's a messy life with you know sin and flaw and failings and anyway I really do recommend it. Like I said, I had not been in the the habit of reading fiction anytime recently, so it's been a little bit different for me to kind of dive into that book in the last year. So again, the title is Kristen Laverin's Daughter, and um, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can you can get to it directly if you are interested in reading that. But Before um, we dive into the topic today, I do want to mention related to the topic of reading more fiction. I shared this goal with uh, the girlfriends over at the Girlfriends Community, over at girlfriendscommunity.com, which is like the sister community to this podcast. If you're not already there, please go over and check it out. We'd love to have you join us. And we decided together that we would like to do an online book club a virtual book club that's going to meet every other week and uh, beginning at the end of February. So there's plenty of time still for you to join if you want to. And the book that we're going to do, I, I kind of took people's feedback, like, do you want to do Catholic fiction? What What do you think? And people generally were in favor of doing kind of Catholic themed fiction, but weren't really looking for something heavy and as much of a commitment as perhaps something like Kristen Laverne's daughter. So I did a little research and asked for different people's opinions. And I decided upon, we're going to be reading Diary of a Country Priest, The Diary of a Country Priest by uh, George Bernanos. And I haven't read it before, but it's a fairly short, seemingly easy enough read. And we're going to kind of break it down into two chapters at a time and meet every other week virtually to discuss them. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm just experimenting with this, but I would love for you to join us in that. It's a great way to kind of hold yourself accountable for reading. If you want, if that's one of your goals, if that's one of your 23 things for 2023, why not join the Girlfriends Book Club? And we can talk about these things together. We can hold each other accountable. And it's in a very doable way. Also, the book is available on Audible and in paperback and on Kindle. So however you like to read books, you should be able to read and keep up with the group that way. But you can get all the information about the book club over at girlfriendscommunity.com. And we'd just plain love to have you join us anyway. So come on over. We'd love it. All right. So this week's topic, I'm talking about the secret power of showing up, which is kind of a fancy way of kind of describing this concept that I've been giving consideration to recently. And not just recently. I mean, showing up is a concept that we've talked about plenty of times here on Girlfriends, where we talk about like showing up in, in prayer or, you know, showing up in your relationships, uh, showing up, you know, to to some task and, you know, kind of faking it till you make it, which is kind of a related concept but I, I was reflecting on it um, even even more so recently. In, in fact, there was one particular time in the past couple of weeks where I mentioned at the start of the show that uh, my my father-in-law has moved into an assisted living center, which is about 20 minutes from here, which really great to have him close by and that we're able to kind of check on his care and be visiting him more so than when he was living by himself, you know, 40 minutes away. So that part's been a blessing, but it's been a tricky transition And I knew that kind of going in and the morning of the day that he was going to be moving in, like this is the day, right? So my husband, Dan had the day before was when it was originally scheduled. And my husband, Dan had taken that day off from work and he was going to be available and I was going to be able to be there. And then they they ended up having to move it to the next day. It got delayed because of, you know, something, some paperwork thing or whatever. And then Dan wasn't able to take that day off. So it was going to be me and my my brother-in-law, who, who's visiting here, he, he lives out in California. And he's been in um, while his dad's kind of been in and out of the hospital and needing care since his stroke. And so he was going to be there and I was going to be there. And I just, I mean, as much as I've been very much the person you know as the, the female in this. So my husband's mother died uh, 25 years ago. So it's really just these three men, you know, in the family here. And I'm the the female. And so it's very much been my role to kind of be a caregiver. And, you know, when my father-in-law was here with us and following his stroke, like very much the the hands-on caregiver person. And as much as I'm comfortable with that and I embrace that role, I felt uncomfortable going there without Dan. I just, I wanted him with me and I wanted him to be there for this. And I knew that maybe it was going to be tricky. Maybe it was going to be uncomfortable in ways. And so as I was driving over that morning, I had all of these kind of thoughts and you know hesitations and anxieties going through my head and I just thought, I'm just gonna pray about this right now. So I was just bringing it to God and just you know just asking him, like help me, you know, give me the grace I need to do this. And I had this like overwhelming feeling of of peacefulness as I kind of understood God speaking to me and now I am not. If you've read my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, you know, I am not a mystic who goes around saying, and then the Lord said to me, you know, no, like God doesn't generally communicate to me like that, but God does speak in a whisper. And this time it was a loud enough whisper that I just could really understand God speaking to me in that moment saying, just show up. And it reminded me of that scripture passage where... In Luke 10 19, Jesus says, when they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. And of course, I wasn't being (laughs) wasn't being handed over, right? But I was worried about what lay ahead. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace in that God was just telling me to show up, to be faithful and to show up where I was called to be where I was needed, and that what I needed would be given to me at that time and it just felt so powerful to me in that moment to just feel that kind of message from god and the the peace that i had you know as a result of that was was just real and i went into that situation very much at peace not not knowing exactly how it would all go and knowing that it probably all wouldn't go exactly smoothly and that i couldn't be fully prepared for it and yet i had this peace in knowing that god was going to be with me in it and that what i needed would be given to me isn't that all that any of us needs, no matter what we're facing, no matter what difficult thing we might lie ahead or that we're concerned about or have anxiety about, we just want to know that we'll be given what we need when we need it. And, you know, so that day went, actually, it went about as smoothly and as beautifully as it possibly could. I mean, it was, it was great. And there was a lot of joy and, um, you know, my father-in-law was happy in, in his circumstances. So that was the answer to a prayer as well. But I came away from that thinking even more about this concept of showing up and, you know, that, that God invites us to show up not knowing all of the details. And, and our lady is like the perfect example of doing this, right? When, when the angel Gabriel went to her at the annunciation and, you know, asked her if she would become the mother of God, she didn't know all of the details about what was going to happen and how it would happen and how she might suffer and the ways in which this yes might cost her. And yet she shows up, she just says yes. And that can be a really scary thing to do sometimes. And yet I find so much peace in thinking about the fact that God calls us to that. And he reassures us that what you need will be given to you at that time. And you know, sometimes it's that gap between feeling called to do something and not yet being given the grace <laughs> to do it. That that's the scary part, right? But that's the invitation. That's the invitation to grow closer in trusting the Lord, in trusting in the goodness of God, and that he does indeed want good things for us. He has great plans for our joy, our success even in the world, but most especially for our joy in the next life. And that he doesn't fail us. He shows up, right? He's always there. He's ever present. And he's asking for us to show up, to take that kind of leap of faith sometimes. So that's what I felt on that morning, kind of driving over. And that's what I was praying about and what was going through my mind. And I thought, I need to share this with the girlfriends because really this idea of showing up, it really is a powerful thing and it can be applied in so many different ways. Because truly, it just means being open to the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about in that passage, right? What you are to say will be given to you at that time, will be given to you by the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about it. Like God's got this. So really, it's about this openness to the Holy Spirit. And every one of us, no matter what your particular circumstances are, no matter what challenges you're facing today, that's the call: is to be open to the Holy Spirit and the ways in which you know God is calling us to show up. Just showing up and trusting that God is going to be there and he's going to provide for us what we need. But there are other ways that we can show up in the world. And, you know, we've talked before about this concept of showing up for prayer and, you know, This is something that uh, I think is really important for us to just be honest about sometimes, because we can sometimes think um, that prayer is always supposed to feel good, right? Our relationship with God, like it's this thing, we're meant for it, we're built for it, we, we long for this communion with the Lord, and yet sometimes it can feel like a chore. Like that's the challenge in this broken and fallen world, these wounded, you know, flawed creatures that we are. We sometimes resist the very things that we need. So showing up in prayer, what does that look like? Like on a typical morning, maybe you have time set aside for prayer and that thought will go through your mind like, oh, I don't really have time today or I'm not feeling it today or, you know, I'd rather scroll through my phone or whatever. And yet showing up means sitting in that prayer spot, opening up your prayer book, you know, taking out your rosary, whatever it is that you've set aside that time to do and beginning, whether you're feeling it. Or not, and there is such beautiful fruit that comes from establishing a habit of prayer like that, showing up and in, in recognizing that it takes discipline, that it doesn't always feel good. That's one thing that I I love that I heard Father Mike Schmitz describe about prayer. It was a few years back now, but he was talking about giving fifteen minutes to prayer a day as, as a minimum, and that it's not always going to feel good, and sometimes it really is a discipline to show up. So that's one way that God calls us to show up is. To just go through those motions, you know, sit in the spot, open your prayer book and say, here I am, Lord, I'm not feeling it, but I'm here for, for my daily time of prayer. I'm here. And and to recognize too in our prayer lives that it's not about anything that we're doing. Sometimes I know I can fall into that kind of trap of thinking that my my prayer life is something I'm going to accomplish. I'm going to achieve my own holiness through the the great prayers that I'm going to say and my great dedication to this particular prayer practice. I'm going to work my way through this program or this book or reading the gospels or you know whatever it is. And you know that's the that's the wrong way to look at prayer. It's not something we're accomplishing. It's opening ourselves up to being in the presence of God and allowing him to do work in us. Prayer changes us. Sitting in the presence of God and asking him to do what work he wants to do in our hearts. Prayer changes us in that way. So being open to the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives. And and I've used the phrase before to describe this, like faking it till you make it, especially like when we've talked here about um, trusting in God and some some of the ways that we sometimes struggle to trust in God, like sometimes you just don't feel it. And so I do recommend I, I call it "fake it till you make it." And some people don't like that. Like I I recently was on a live video interview with somebody, and there were there were people participating live in the conversation, and we were talking about this concept of "fake it till you make it," and I was talking about it kind of from the perspective of in social situations that sometimes we're we're hesitant to, you know, maybe make a connection with somebody or establish a friendship with somebody. And and I was talking about this idea of fake it to make it meaning push past that feeling of reluctance and kind of show up in that that moment of connection or a social experience and and see where where it goes. And there were people participating, there were a couple of people in particular that were participating kind of live in the conversation and they they sent in these messages like, that's terrible. You should never be fake. And Yes, I agree. <laughs> you should never be fake, but that's not really what I mean. And so I tried to explain to them, and I'll try to explain to you now. What, what I'm not talking about is you know being a phony person and pretending you like somebody that you don't, or giving someone fake compliments or whatever. I, I mean, like showing up in relationship to other people. So in a social situation, perhaps where you do feel reluctant, maybe you're more of an introvert, but you're seeking friendships, and it's going to mean getting uncomfortable sometimes. And being okay with that, like getting outside your comfort zone and just going through those motions of doing the thing that feels hard, that doesn't feel natural, and seeing where that can take you, seeing what God can do with that. So, when I'm talking about showing up, and maybe that's the better way to, to phrase it so people don't kind of balk at that idea of faking anything, but this is what I mean. And when I talk about it um, with regard to prayer, especially a, a prayer of trying to grow and trust in the Lord. It means saying those words like, Lord, I I trust in you and yet help me grow in trusting you. Help me to trust in you more. Or if you feel like you can't mean those words, thy will be done because you're so terrified about what the future holds, then, then pray those words and say, Lord, help me to mean these words. I don't mean them. I'm holding back. Be honest. He already knows all about it. So if you're showing up in prayer that way, show up as you are. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have perfect trust in God before you show up in prayer. So showing up in your prayer life can really bear beautiful fruit, especially if it's something you're reluctant to do, or you feel this hesitation about it, or you feel like you haven't quite achieved the level of spiritual connection with God yet that you can you know, truly have the kind of prayer life you want Showing up in prayer is how you get there, just allowing God to work in you and, and kind of knowing like you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know what you're going to say and what you're going to do. Like me, you know, driving that morning and, and praying about like what lay ahead. I didn't know all the details of it and I was worried about it. And, you know, God was saying, just show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to give you what you need. A- another way that I think it can be really powerful to think about this concept of showing up is is for the people in our lives. And sometimes somebody's going through a crisis and this is the worst thing you can do. Like avoid them, right? And sometimes that's that's what we do because we're uncomfortable. Whether somebody's, you know, suffered the, the death of a, a close loved one or uh, maybe a friend has suffered a miscarriage or is going through illness or has financial troubles, like sometimes our own discomfort at that makes us kind of stay away or we kind of put up obstacles between ourselves and, and other people because of our, our level of discomfort. And yet what a powerful and beautiful example of friendship it is when we just show up. And I understand the hesitation because we feel like, I don't even know what to say. Like, how am I, how am I going to make the situation any better? And maybe you're not. But it can be so beautifully powerful to just show up. You know, one time when I did this and I can't take credit for doing it, I kind of just responded in the moment was um, many years ago. Now, there was a, a friend who lived nearby who there um, this young couple it was their first child who died of SIDS. And they, you know, they were fairly new to our community and we didn't know them really well. I don't even know how many people they knew really well, but I got the news that morning and I just drove straight to her apartment. And there was a part of me that was like, gosh, don't do this. Like, you know, you're kind of imposing on them. And yet it was a a beautiful and powerful thing to Be able to just sit with her. I didn't have any words to say. I'm sure I was not any kind of, you know, wasn't saying anything eloquent that was going to alleviate her suffering. But I know she appreciated the fact that I was just there, that she wasn't alone in that moment. And that was not an easy thing to do. And there are so many times when we do feel that kind of, you might feel this kind of urge from the Holy Spirit, like go to this person. When you hear about somebody in need or somebody who's suffered a terrible loss or is suffering in some way, there's such a lot of power in showing up. And maybe you're going to show up and they don't actually want you there. But I would say, make the effort. Show up anyway. One time when this happened, um, I was on the reverse end of this, was when my husband, um, he was having heart problems and he needed to go to the hospital by ambulance. This was about two years ago. And I was on, I was boarding a plane when I got the phone call that this was happening, boarding a plane for home, but it was going to be like four hours until I could get there. And it was miserable. Like it was so miserable on that plane ride like not knowing exactly what was going on with Dan and he's fine. Thanks be to God. He's fine. Uh, but it was a very worrisome thing. And I, you know, I was just, it was a terrible plane ride, of course. And then I, I got home and went right to the hospital. And this, this friend of ours was there with him who had gotten word that this happened and just left work and went right there to him and i was so grateful for his presence there and dan was so grateful for his presence there and it even did strike me as like wow you know like i did not expect that this person would leave work and drive to the hospital when he got this news but it was such a powerful you know example of friendship in showing up and that was a real lesson to me because I've kept that in my heart and in my mind in as I've gone about life and relationships with other people and thought where am i being called to do that perhaps in an unexpected way to show up cuz it is sometimes you're not going to maybe know exactly what to say and you're uncomfortable but you don't have to know what to say and sometimes you're not going to say anything just the fact that you made that effort and that you want to be present there kind of be at their side as they go through this hard thing and let them know that you are present there. Maybe for some of the more, you know, physical things, like maybe um, a friend of yours who has um, maybe suffered a miscarriage, maybe you're going to show up at her house and, and in a way that she wouldn't, if you just texted her, she would ask you for something, whether it's help with meals or help with laundry or picking up a prescription or whatever. You know, if you're just kind of staying at a distance and texting somebody or something and saying like, let me know, if i can be of help with any in any way you know that it's nice i understand that it's it's nice to kind of want to offer that kind of open ended help but let's be honest most people are not going to take you up on that you know but showing up is a powerful way of showing that you are there and ready to serve so i think that's that's another way that i really want to encourage you to think about how god might be calling you to use that that secret power of showing up even when you don't feel it in your relationships, in your friendships with other people. Okay, another different way that I've been thinking about showing up, and this is one that we've talked about here on Girlfriends many times, is about showing up for something that it requires discipline. And we talked about this with regard to prayer, but it also applies to, you know, just exercise this is something that I've experienced so much of. Like back when I, I um, used to use uh, certain videos, like I Dan and I both did P90X years ago and a, a bunch of different Beachbody programs and that kind of thing. I don't tend to use those anymore. But I remember at the time noticing all I have to do is like put on my workout clothes and hit play. And I think they even had that as kind of a tagline with some of their programs. It was like just hit play. And that was like so powerfully true. Like once you hit play, you're there, you're doing it, like, you know, you're for however long that DVD lasts or whatever. And that's really, you know, it, it for sure works like with doing a workout, but it also works with other forms of discipline. Maybe you've got work that you've got to do like I've tried to get myself into the habit when I'm kind of procrastinating on something that I don't want to do, maybe answering emails like, oh, who wants to sit and do that? And yeah, I know I need to do it. Or some kind of, you know, work-related task that feels like drudgery, maybe it's organizing a closet or folding laundry or whatever. Like, I find that if I just don't let myself think about it too much and just show up, show up and start doing the thing, like just engage in it. That it ends up going a lot more smoothly, taking a lot less mental energy than putting it off for a long time. Um, You don't allow it to weigh on you in that way. And sometimes you're surprised by how simple it becomes after that, whether it's doing a workout or going for a walk or, you know, making phone calls or, you know, whatever it is that you're kind of tempted to put off that it's so easy once you show up and just engage with it. Like don't allow yourself to have all those conversations about why you shouldn't, why later's a good time, all these kind of procrastinations that in the end end up costing us a lot of mental energy. Like you are going to find that you spend so much mental energy putting off tasks that ultimately only take a few minutes. I remember thinking about this once where I remember I had like done laundry. I just washed everybody's sheets and I was sitting there just dreading putting the sheets back on beds and especially bunk beds. Like, have you ever put sheets on bunk beds? It is like a major full body workout putting sheets on bunk beds and We've had like four sets of bunk beds going at a time here at different stages in our family life. Anyway, but I remember like just the pile of clean sheets sitting there and I'm like, I gotta put them on the beds. Like and I was dreading it. But then I I kind of had this idea, like, I'm gonna time myself to see how long it takes to put the sheets on the beds. And it took me less than 20 minutes. (laughs) Like, why was I sitting there and allowing this to kind of weigh on me in this way? And if I had put it off, it would have weighed on me for like two days while the sheets just sat there or whatever. And just go and do the thing. Like just show up, start doing it. Right. Um, all right. And the last way that I want to talk about is showing up that this concept of showing up can apply to our lives is socially. So we talked a little bit about kind of getting outside your comfort zone and maybe showing up to an unfamiliar social situation. But there are times too, where we we may have like a, a set social obligation, something that we do. For for me, one that kind of stands out is I'm going to visit my neighbor who uh, lives next door by herself. She's 95 years old. And Louise is great. And I've made this kind of weekly commitment on, on Wednesday mornings to go and visit Louise. And yet, sometimes I'm not feeling it in the moment. I'm like, I am tired. I've got a lot of work to do here. I don't think I want to, you know, walk over next door and spend an hour. And yet I push myself and I show up and it always, always pays dividends, right? It always does. And I know that you can think of times too socially where maybe you had a set obligation and you just didn't, you didn't feel like going, like you didn't feel like doing it. And yet you felt like you should. It was a commitment you made, and you just show up, and you're surprised by how simple it goes, how pleasant it is, how much you benefit from it, right? so in in what ways socially maybe, are you hesitant to show up? Are you failing to show up? And I want to encourage you to think about that. think about what those things are, and in what ways you could kind of push past that and just just show up and see see what God has planned for you there. So ultimately, I've shared with you a bunch of different ways of kind of applying this concept of showing up, but I really believe it is a secret power. Like, it's a very simple concept. And yet, God calls on us to do this in so many ways. And I think part of the lesson here, for me anyway, as I've considered all these different ways that we can show up and actually be a great blessing to ourselves and to other people, we can actually greatly benefit from this. This act of just showing up is truly in the end, it's an act of faith. It's believing that God is going to be there and that he's going to give you what you need, right? Like he says, like, don't worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say or what you are to do. Show up and what you are to say will be given to you at the time. What you are to do will be given to you at the time the grace to do what you need to do will be given to you. So all these ways that I'm kind of encouraging you to think about showing up, whether it's for something simple, like just replying to an email that you've been putting off or something more complicated, like stepping into a difficult relationship or or showing up for a friend who needs you in a complicated way, that trusting that God is going to give you the grace that you need for the ways that he calls on you to show up is a way that we can all grow We can all grow in holiness, we can all grow in relationship with God, and we can all grow in our communion and in our friendship with our fellow human beings as a result of that. So what will you show up for today? What is in your mind? What is going through your mind as we're talking about this concept of showing up? I don't know what it is, but I bet you do. I bet you know where God is calling you to show up. And my prayer for you, and I always pray for everyone who listens to the Girlfriends podcast, but my specific prayer for you is that you will step into it, that you will show up and begin to see the ways that God wants to give you the grace in some of the more difficult things he calls on us to do, that you'll begin to recognize the secret power of showing up. I hope you're going to share with me some of these ways that you're showing up and the ways that God is blessing you through that kind of faithfulness and trust in his goodness and in his providence. You can email me if you want to send me feedback on this show or any other show. My email address is danielle at daniellebean.com or you can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast podcast which are available over at ascensionpress.com. An easy way to stay connected with those show notes is to text the word girlfriends to 33777. And that way you will get subscribed to the show notes for the girlfriends podcast. And you will never miss an episode. But you will also have all of those links and the different things we share here every episode. So I'd love to be connected in that way as well. Okay, coming up, we've got a little bit more of the show for you. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Father Mark Toops. Do you ever feel like you're asking God for too much in your spiritual life? The truth is, you're probably asking for too little. And if you'd like some help this Lent, opening up your heart to God, to allow Him to bless you with all that He has for you, you should pick up the new Ascension Lenten Companion Year A. This coming Lent, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If you'd like some help to go deeper, you'll need to ask for more. And this is what this year's journal is designed to help you with. Each day, you'll get a word to focus on, a reflection to help you pray, some scripture to meditate on, and a prompt to help you quiet down and listen to what God wants to say to you. And each week we feature a piece of original artwork as well as an original online video to help you in your prayer. I wanna encourage you to be bold this Lent, to ask God for more. Go to ascensionpress.com and order your copy of the Ascension Lent Companion today. God bless you.
0: Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a listener question. So if you have a question for me that you want me to take up on this part of the show, I would love to hear it from you. I I like being able to answer directly what your particular needs and requests are. So this week I heard from Deborah, and Deborah emailed me saying, Dear Danielle, my husband and I have five kids and I work part time. I feel like our kids are always sick. They have colds, sometimes COVID, stomach bugs, strep throat. Someone is just always sick around here and I feel like I'm losing my mind. Do you have any tips for my sanity when I feel so tired and drained and yes, very sick myself sometimes while taking care of everyone else? How can I make it through this? Deborah? Okay. So Deborah, first of all, completely understand. (laughs) For sure. Um, You don't say how old your kids are, but I'm guessing they're young. And that's just part of the deal. When kids are little, they're just busy getting sick. And this can be a really tough time of year. You know, I think I've especially experienced this. We don't have like little kids anymore. I've got two teenagers who are home year round, but especially over the holidays when everybody was home. Well, not everybody, but anyway, college kids were home and people were in and out and friends were visiting and blah, blah, blah like it, we definitely went through a number of different things. And I think since COVID, that things are different sickness wise, like there are worse kind of cold viruses that we seem to get. Everything seems to come with a fever and body aches. And I don't know if it's because our immune systems have changed or whatever. There's probably a very complicated explanation for it. But we've definitely experienced the same thing where I'm like, can we just have a couple of weeks of healthy? So I understand that and can completely commiserate. And sometimes it's just hard and you just have to get through it. I And I'm sorry, <laughs> like it's the worst. Um, but I would suggest when you're going through times of sickness to cut as many corners as you can, like you don't have to do all the things and you don't have to have homemade meals all the time. If there are ways that you can kind of cut corners and make your life a little bit easier, allow yourself more time to rest do it. And if there are people around who are able to help you, maybe you have parents that live nearby or a good friend who could maybe pick up groceries for you or whatever, take that help that's being offered to you or ask for it. You know, reach out and ask for for the help that you need and make sure that you are taking care of yourself in some basic ways. Sometimes as the mama, it's easy because you're just always called to be helping other people and other people are sick. And so it's easy to just kind of forget ourselves. But if you want to be able to continue to care for the people in your family, you need to be taking care of yourself in some of these basic ways, making sure you're drinking plenty of fluids, that you're eating a balanced diet, that if you're feeling well, that you are getting you know, exercise in your day and just caring for yourself in some of these basic ways and getting the rest that you need, going to bed on time and that sort of thing. It's really important to prioritize your own health, especially when other people are relying on you so very much. And one last thing that I would mention is that one thing that we did when our kids were were very little was during the, the winter season, cold and flu season, stomach virus season, pretty much from like November until March, I guess I would say, we really did change our social lives. And some people think this is extreme, but we wanted to be, (laughs) we wanted to err on the extreme side because our son has cystic fibrosis. So he was, you know, compromised already. He could get, you know, a cold and it could turn into something much more serious pretty quickly for him. So we wanted to avoid that. We wanted to avoid any kind of future, you know, further compromise um, for him. But also, like, you know, we would get a stomach virus in the house and it would cost us like three weeks of homeschooling. Like it was just crazy what it costs you, not even talking about like mentally and physically how it costs you, but like just on your your calendar, you know, and or, or work that you need to do or whatever. So we'd kind of made that decision. Like we would kind of go into lockdown, not that we didn't do social things, but we really were careful about what social things we would do. During those months, for example, we wouldn't go do group things at the library, which typically we would do other times of the year, I would go once a week and, you know, pick up books and return books at the library and, you know, get new ones for the the kids at home. And and they weren't going there and just like touching all the things that all the other kids were touching that time of year. It did help that we were homeschooling. So they weren't going into schools, but there were like social things that were like multiple families were getting together and we just knew. There's going to be a lot of sickness passed around at that thing and we're just going to decline. And that's a sacrifice for sure. And there were times when I would have liked to do the thing and the kids would have liked to do the thing. And yet we didn't. I, I don't know how much illness we saved that way, but I'm sure we avoided some things. And and it's worth kind of taking those measures or, or talking with your husband about, you know, how much this perpetual illness is costing you uh, personally and as a family and what measures you can take to maybe avoid getting sick. And, you know, I would say also just, this is just kind of a common sense thing. And I think people have been better about this since, since the age of COVID, but like when you're going to do a social thing, like say some families are going to come over for dinner or somebody's going to come over for a play date. You can just ask the question, like, is everybody healthy? Like, because families have different standards for that like some families never think twice about it and they will show up with a bunch of kids with runny noses and they're just casual about that and maybe you don't want to be casual about that and you'd like to know if there are a bunch of kids with runny noses you know so you can do things like that it's not rude to ask about that and kind of making sure that, and if ever you're unsure you do have that option of of saying no to things and then the other thing that we we did when all the kids were little and we we still have this as a practice now is and many people do this since covid i kind of feel like we were ahead of curve in, in our kind of strictness about this, but we, we would have sanitizer in all the cars. And whenever we were out at public places, everybody coming back into the car, just use the, the hand sanitizer. And when we got home, everybody just washes their hands and kind of establish that as a habit. And that's a very good habit, regardless of, you know, your health circumstances or how much you're worried, you know, just to be washing your hands on a regular basis like that, kind of establishing that habit with your kids. And with, with kids, it really does require you kind of following up and making sure that they're they're doing it. It takes some time to establish that habit. And if you're not following through, maybe they're not doing it. Anyway, just a, a few kind of basic common sense things that you can do. Also, just in a general sense, thinking about ways that you can kind of boost your kids' immunity. Maybe you want to give them some a vitamin supplement, but also, you know, just making sure they're not eating too much sugar, or that they're having a balanced diet and, and those kinds of things really can go a long way toward just making sure your kids are, are healthy in a general sense and are more likely to have um, a strong immune system. So, basic ideas from a mom who's been there and I totally get it. In fact, we are still there in many ways. I still experience it. I know the frustrations of it. I know how weirsome it can feel this time of year to just feel like it's one illness after another illness after another illness. And so just know that I'm going to be praying for your, your peace and your good health. If anyone else has some tips to share with Deborah, you can send them to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Also use that email if you want to send me a question of your own for me to consider taking up in this part of the podcast. Okay, that's all the time we have for this week, but I do hope you're going to join me over at the Girlfriends Community. GirlfriendsCommunity.com. You can check it out, you can try it out for a week for free see if you like what we're doing there. I love what we're doing there. If you enjoy the podcast, I know you're going to enjoy connecting with me and the other women who are present there in the community. What we're doing really is a beautiful thing and I can't take credit for it. It's the people who are showing up and it's the Holy Spirit that I know is alive and well in this beautiful little community that we are creating together online, sharing through daily prayer and sharing one another's prayer intentions, but also just fun stuff and good stuff. And now the book club. So head on over to girlfriendscommunity.com. I'd love to be able to connect with you there. But in the meantime, I'm so grateful to connect with you here. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. I am grateful for your presence here and I do not take it for granted. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week.